Hello and welcome to the Logistics Tribe. I'm your host, Boris Felgendreyer, and in today's episode, we will take a deep dive into the world of route planning and route optimization. My guest, Florian Murget, is co-founder of Greenplan, a startup that was recently spun out of DHL. Greenplan's algorithm promises to do a better job at planning and optimizing routes for last mile, road freight, and even field service management. My conversation with Florian extended into a wide-ranging discussion around the evolution of route planning algorithms and systems, the promises and limitations of AI, and the changing role of dispatchers. Before we get started, a quick nod to our supporters Grey Orange. Grey Orange is a premium provider of a warehouse execution system called Grey Matter that uses AI to orchestrate warehouse and fulfillment operations. Grey Orange has its own fleet of warehouse robots, but more importantly, it enables you to integrate any existing robots or devices used across your fulfillment operations. IKEA and Yusk are just two of many companies who have Grey Orange systems in place. If you want to find out more, please visit greyorange.com. I will also leave a link in the show notes. And now here comes Florian Murget from Greenplan. Enjoy. Hello, Florian. Welcome to the Logistics Tribe. Thanks for being on the program. Hi, thank you for inviting me to the uh, podcast here today. So, Florian, give us a quick intro into Greenplan. What's the short elevator pitch of what Greenplan is doing? Yes, perfect. Thank you. Uh, so, Greenplan is actually um, software as a service for sophisticated and sustainable tour planning. Uh, we do have uh, two or three USPs in place. Uh, number one is we can plan fully dynamic. Number two is that we are considering um, time-dependent travel times. So we can perfectly predict uh, the traffic for the next day. And number three, we can um, actually plan with optimal starting times. And this ultimately gives uh, our customers, number one, cost efficiencies, and number two, um, CO2 emission reductions. Fantastic. Thanks for the short pitch, and we'll dive into those and unpack those a little bit later in the conversation, yeah. I hope. Sounds good. But take us back maybe to, to the, the origin story, the founding story of Greenplan, which is quite interesting because it was part of DHL. Take us back to, to all of that part of your history. Yeah, um, no, um, perfect. So I would say like five, ten years back, um, actually Clemens Beckmann, um, my partner here, the managing director, um, actually started with the question of how... DHL or Dodge Post can really improve um, e-commerce, right? Can cope with mm -hmm. the uh, increasing volumes and everything. Um, so at that time, he was head of innovation of Dodge Post and worked on several initiatives. And uh, one of these initiatives was actually to set up a more sophisticated and better tour planning, right? Um, so um, five years back, then Greenplan started as a project together with the University of Bonn. Uh, with the Institute for Discrete Mathematics. Um, why the Institute or why the University of Bonn? Um, because they are next to the MIT and several others, like one of the leading institutes for um, these kind of problems in the world. And uh, next hmm. to this, they're actually sitting right next to the DHL campus. So um, this was Convenient, a perfect yeah. fit. <laughs> and um, yeah, and um, then actually Clement started to um, develop together with the University of Bonn um, this uh, innovative algorithm with this brand new approach of planning in space and time. I just touched it in the, in the brief um, summary before. We'll come to it probably later. And um, yeah, this was actually the starting point. And uh, at that time, I was not working for DHL. I did my MBA in Madrid um, before I was working in consulting and then had enough of consulting and, and joined DHL um, as chief of staff of the CCO. And Greenplan was then shifted to the CCO unit. And um, I thought this was 
very interesting project. Uh, so I got in touch with Clemens and uh, the two of us actually thought about how we can commercialize and grow Greenplan, right? Make kind of like mm -hmm. an uh, industry ready product uh, out of it. Um, and um, why? Because we have seen that in all the comparisons and benchmarks we did, um, also in official tenders, uh, that Greenplan uh, delivered superior uh, results actually compared to all the competitors okay. and uh, this then was kind of like the starting point where we founded our own entity the gmbh uh, in 2020 at that time full ownership of dhl right and 100 dhl mm -hmm. ownership um, but we started to build up the team and generated our first customers so that's kind of like the story yeah yeah i like it i like it and the first story that popped into my or the first question that popped into my head was okay when if DHL was looking at optimizing their routes and mm. looking at algorithms, what were they using before and how different was that? Because I oh, mean, yeah. e-commerce has been around and delivery has been around for a long time. Algorithms like that have been around for a long time. So what were they, what were they using before that didn't serve the purpose going forward? Um, so DHL is not just one company, right? So they have several business units with um, several different needs. You have the e-commerce, you have the freight part, you have supply chain with warehousing and stuff, and then you mm -hmm. have Express. And um, all these um, different entities were using different systems, sometimes manual, sometimes grown legacy systems, um, which actually served the need. Um, but we then figured that Greenplan actually can do better, right? And really got uh, into touch uh, with one of the DHL units uh, where we are currently planning over 1,200 tours per day. Uh, with significant mm -hmm. uh, uh, cost efficiency improvement. And um, yeah, this was there, the, the starting point of uh, DHL using and leveraging Greenplan in the end. Yeah, yeah. So you officially launched 2020, you said, mm -hmm. and now it's mm -hmm. 2022. So for the last two years, you've been inside of DHL. And were you only serving DHL internal customers, so to speak, or were you also expanding and, and mm. acquiring customers from the the outside world, so to yeah. speak? No, good question. Obviously, first of all, I'm just DHL internal, and um, mm -hmm. then we actually got the corporate board decision that we also can go external and um, started to approach also external um, express providers, facility management providers, pharmacy delivery companies. So all kind of companies who have kind of like shipments or need to plan tours. And um, they're actually, yeah, we really started in 2021, I would say, to really go out um, to, to the market and reach out to, at that point of time, still external customers. Yeah, and now you're completely independent, so you're 100% yes. Yes. Owned by yourself and your your partner, I guess that's how I understood. That's, okay. that's correct. Yeah. Um, so exciting we, it's, times. It's, it's super exciting. exciting. I can tell you it's from a, from a consultant from the mm. consultant to the real world of actually <laughs> actually doing business, not yes. just talking about it to to an entrepreneur. Yes. How's it been so far? It's um. It's very exciting. It's very intense mm -hmm. on the other hand, right? Mm -hmm. um, because you're kind of like uh, dealing with uh, every every topics from marketing, HR, sales, customer implementation, IT, research development, uh, investor search. So everything's on the table, um, but it's super exciting. Um, it's a very exciting journey. Um, we are currently building up the team very quickly um, because in large corporations, it's not that easy um, to get resources. So uh, we now mm -hmm. have more freedom to really build up the team to grow a green plan uh, more aggressively. 
And uh, on the other hand, um, we have seen that with this um, management buyout uh, of Greenplan out of DHL, that uh, yeah, further external customers or leads are also approaching us um, now. So before they were kind of like hesitant, yeah. okay, DHL is sure. kind of the owner, um, but now yeah. with this 100% uh, independency of DHL, um, external customers really come to Greenplan and and approach us. And, and yeah, and that's that's quite a good story. Yeah. yeah. And how big are you right now? What are you starting starting from with? Mm -hmm. um, so we are 14 people um, in the core team. Um, then we have 10 people on the development side on the university and another um, like eight to 10 people on the IT um, development side. Yeah. And you, you teased a little bit earlier, sort of you, you started describing sort of the, the evolution and the history of, of algorithms and, yeah. and, and how you innovated and developed something completely new that, that wasn't there before to your claim. <laughs> so take us back to sort of the history again, like a, a comprehensive mm. history of, of how these types of systems mm. came about and how they evolved over time and where we are today, 2022. Mm. Yeah, no, very interesting question. And there actually happened a lot during the last um, five to 10 years. Um, mm -hmm. So I would say like everything started kind of like with manual tour planning, right? So uh, mainly Excel based or um, kind of like table based. Um, and then it went to more semi-automated tools um, where the dispatchers or the planners who actually are responsible for planning the tours got some kind of uh, decision support. Yeah? Um, however, yeah. during that times, the, the power and, and heart of the tour planning still was the responsibility of um, the human being, of the dispatchers themselves, right? And right. and kind of like their knowledge. They knew, for example, okay, is a truck able to cross a bridge? Is a truck able to go this direction or that direction? And all these kind of knowledge was um, implemented into these semi-automated planning tools. And mm -hmm. um, then actually more or less like the algorithms came around the corner, like um, mathematically um, optimized uh, tour planning, um, fully automated or up to fully automated tour planning. And um, yeah, where actually um, systems uh, kind of like uh, outperforming this, this manual planning. Right, um, mm -hmm. the, the algorithms. Um, but still, um, these algorithms are dependent on the dispatcher's knowledge for all the different business rules, for all the processes that have to be incorporated. And side note, this we are including also in Greenplan. So our Greenplan algorithm is super smart and super sophisticated with like planning all the tools. However, the customer-specific rules, like um, if, for example, we are talking about an express customer with different time windows, priority, um, uh, deliveries, this has to be included into our system. And the knowledge provider is actually the dispatcher or the planner in the end. And um, next to this, next to this algorithm-based um, tour planning tours, there's also kind of a, a stream of AI-based applications, uh, which are popping mm -hmm. up here and there and everywhere. And uh, we have seen, and uh, this is also proven, it's very interesting that uh, AI is actually not necessarily applicable for this complex field of tour planning because AI is usually looking hmm. for patterns, right? And then optimizing these patterns. Uh, um, but in this kind of delivery um, process, um, you have like always 
different deliveries um, each day. So Monday is not similar to a Tuesday, right? Um, because end consumers um, actually ordering stuff differently. And um, this is why the tours actually look different each day. And um, AI is at the moment not um, capable of um, kind of like outperforming the algorithms. Just to give you an example. Um, yeah, we, let me yeah. let me yeah, just quick, quickly interject there. I mean, isn't but but isn't the claim of of people advocating AI systems mm -hmm. is that eventually all the knowledge that you, for example, or any dispatcher mm -hmm. has about a particular route or a particular mm -hmm. region can eventually be learned through looking at patterns, right? So just like a mm -hmm. human being, a dispatcher has learned patterns over time, mm -hmm. and AI can do that, but a lot more efficiently, a lot more mm -hmm. at, at, at large scale mm -hmm. than any human being could ever could ever do. Like mm -hmm. what's, how do you address those, Correct. <laughs> those yeah, arguments? No, 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 that's very good. I mean, you mentioned the perfect word, which is patterns, right? And, and we have mm -hmm. seen that there's not similar patterns uh, from a Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday. So this is why actually an algorithm-based um, approach here is more efficient. And uh, we have also seen this uh, in the most recently Amazon last mile challenge, uh, which um, so a, a professor of our R&D team took actually part in this challenge. And um, together with his team and the uh, green plan idea actually uh, won this challenge um, by 42% um, to the second place. And the second place was the MIT. Um, and they actually um, kind of like tried to solve this problem AI based, right? And um, so here we have a clear difference of what algorithms can do compared to AI-based solution at the moment. Okay, maybe that's a, that's a good point yeah. to to kind of separate the two, just so that the audience understands a clear difference mm -hmm. between what we mean when we say an AI system versus algorithm. Because oftentimes in typical language, these two things get completely messed, <laughs> get yeah, completely yeah, yeah. meshed, and, and like sort of confused and used um, um, in the same way. So, what's the? How do you delineate? How do you differentiate between what's an algorithm and what's actually an AI? Or is the demarcation, the line, not as clear as we think? Yeah, well, um, I would say for an algorithm, kind of like we developed really a clear algorithm or a function of how to optimize um, the data that comes in every day according to several constraints, I would say, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so... Um, our algorithm is kind of like optimizing in the best way the data that comes in and as an output gives kind of like the best tools possible. AI patterns um, compared to this um, kind of like try to learn. Like, um, mm -hmm. yeah, so if you have um, 100 shipments on a Monday, um, which are delivered to um, 100 addresses, and then you have on a Tuesday 150 shipments address. Uh, delivered to 150 addresses, then the AI-based uh, brain actually tries to um, build some patterns out of these uh, out of these um, delivery days, right? And tries mm -hmm. to um, kind of like put it as a blueprint on the next day, on the Wednesday or on the Thursday. But this, due to all the changing addresses and customer requirements and everything, um, is not uh, possible or not necessarily possible at the moment. So you can't get um, that much uh, efficiency gain out of this 
pattern-based blueprint logic compared to a daily new um, algorithm-based calculation of optimal tools. Yeah, and, and does this apply to all kinds of deliveries or does it apply mostly to CAP, so it's a parcel delivery last mm. mile? Because there's there's lots of other tools and lots of other road optimization and full truck load, less than full truck load, large distance. So, so talk to us about how AI versus algorithms work better in some use cases versus others. Uh, I think where you have like um, very same patterns each day, um, like where, you have, for example, I don't know, um, full truck load B2B um, delivery. So you're going every day to the same location, then probably AI is, is very good. We as Greenplan, it's actually a very good question from you. And we as Greenplan uh, are really focusing more on then the LTL or PTL, uh, less than truck load, part truck load, uh, which go mm -hmm. actually around and don't have like similar patterns every day. And um, this applicability is much better than for green plan. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and but since we we talked so much about DHL earlier, mm -hmm. so this is not only applicable to last mile parcel delivery, but it's actually more, right? Yes, yes, correct. Um, so we are currently focusing on several industries. Number one is the uh, parcel express and e-commerce, obviously. Um, so mainly uh, last mile, um, yeah, it's one of the de most demanding industries. Uh, I don't have to tell you how, uh, <laughs> you know, how customer uh, uh, requirements are evolving with like uh, ad hoc and, and same day and all these kind of stuff. Um, so here, actually, we need some very good uh, tour planning solutions. Um, next is actually what I just um, touched before, the road freight, mainly um, LTL or PTL. And uh, here we actually supporting our customers in their just-in-time transport, um, specifically when it comes to these complex LTL transportation networks. Um, so here, Green Plan is very valuable. Um, another one is retail, um, where we actually supporting retail uh, companies for home deliveries um, and. A brand new area is field services. Um, it's very interesting um, because we are also planning technicians um, who are out there in the field and need to maintain, for example, assets, right? Um, so it's kind of like similar, the problem. Um, technician goes out, has like, um, I don't know, five, 10 jobs a day. Um, you have to optimize the tour where he's driving. You have to consider all the different handling times, the skills of the technician. Um, so this is also very, very much uh, coverable uh, within green plan yeah let's 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 focus in for a second on the on the freight forwarder so so mm -hmm. Spedition in German yeah, yeah, <laughs> so correct. truck companies truck companies delivering so when you go into these situations and you're trying to acquire a new customer what do they currently work with so they have dispatchers right and everything is done manually still or are they using with transportation management systems correct. what's the current setup that mm. people use when you come in there it depends it really depends but um, these are mm -hmm. the, actually the, the, the two buzzwords here number one um, either they do like everything fully manual or Excel based and number two they have uh, TMS transport management systems in place yeah. and um, yeah um, so we have one um, customer in place um, uh, actually uh, um, and uh, we compared then our system in an official tender um, compared to um, their previously system and uh, were um, significantly better in terms of um, cost efficiencies. Um, so five companies took part and the second best was actually 8% behind us. And this then was the kind of like starting point for Green Plan to be implemented uh, within this customer. Um, however, here I'm coming back to the TMS um, because TMS is not just 
specifically about tour planning, TMS is much more, right? Sure. You have the truck and tra uh, track and trace and, and you know, everything yeah, is kind of like, yeah. Right, right. A lot of functionality, but, but, yeah. but tour planning is, is, is a core part, right? So every, right. every decent TMS does have yeah. some functionality for, yes. for route yes. planning, right? Yes. Yes. So that's what you're competing with. So you're coming in there, somebody yeah. has a TMS yeah. or somebody has like a really experienced and, you know, like a dispatcher who, yeah. who yeah. believes that <laughs> the knowledge that, that they acquired over time is, yeah. is the, yeah. the, the, the gold standard, so to speak. So it's not an, not an easy sell, right? Correct. No, it's not an easy sell. Yeah. No. And this is why we're usually actually saying, okay, uh, Kind of like we're approaching customers with the so-called benchmark calculation so that the customer mm -hmm. can give us like for i don't know a day or a week of out of one distribution center hub or depot um data we then put it in our system get like uh, the optimal green plan tours and then the customer can compare it with the existing tours and then actually can see the differences and the advantages uh, with yeah, and is the idea that your system will sort of integrate with the TMS system? Mm -hmm. Would it replace certain functionality? Talk to me about how yeah. your system works with other existing systems yeah. out there. Um, again, two streams here. Number one, if the customer has the TMS, um, then we are more than happy to be integrated as the routing engine, as the heart into the TMS. Uh, we have uh, REST APIs in place, so we can connect very easily um, to um, transport management system. On the other hand, it's also very good for the dispatchers or planners because they still have the same uh, user interface, right? Um, so mm -hmm. it's just in the background, they're getting them from GreenPlan uh, better tours, um, but still have the same uh, user interface. So change management is, is not that... Uh, heavy here uh, in this case. Yeah, but you still have to, I, I would I would imagine, I'm just going back yeah. to, it's a great algorithm, but garbage in, garbage out. If yeah. you know the, the best algorithm fed with terrible data is going to lead to terrible Good results. Point. So it's, it's super important to get the data right, to get the integrations right. So the mm -hmm. data that actually goes into it mm -hmm. Is trustworthy, is reliable, is clean, is accurate, yes. all of that. Talk yes. to me about how how you make sure that that actually is up and running. How do you assist? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have a like a small f or mid mid size freight forwarder mm -hmm. that's been doing manual work for years or decades, how yeah, do you yeah. get them to really, you know, that's a that's a digital transformation journey, it is. even if it's a small yeah. one, right? But but talk to me about how that works and what the expectations there are mm. for for these types of customers. Yeah, no, that's. Uh I mean, we are also facing these kind of questions, right, uh, with customers. And uh, yeah, you mentioned it, uh, kind of like digitalization and going more into digital products is is actually key here. And uh, number one is definitely the data, right? Um, mm -hmm. So first of all, I mean, we, we have a team then uh, at the customer side and uh, going number one into the processes and number two going into the data. Um, actually discussing with the customer data format, data inputs, everything that we require, clean it, and then um, based on this, actually um, customize our model towards the customer. Um, mm -hmm. Usually what we are, to be more concrete or precise, um, what we are requiring is uh, two types of data. Number one is the master data, uh, which is all the vehicles, different vehicle sizes, capacities, volumes, um, and uh, speed profiles. Um, the depots and the drivers with their, let's say, different working time models. So this is the one. Yeah, hand. quick question there. Is this typically, this, this master data, is it typically data that can easily be exported from some sort mm. of TMS or maybe an ERP yeah. system? Or yeah. is it something that needs to be manually collected somehow? But is, no. it, is it an easy transfer? You, usually it's there. Usually the data is okay. there, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then the, the second data type is the so-called transactional data, which comes in every night or every day. 
And this is then actually the shipments, right? Uh, the shipment data uh, with all the time windows, priorities, uh, handling times, uh, weights, and so on and so forth. And here, uh, actually, the data quality has to be right in order that Greenplan can calculate uh, the optimal results. Um, mm -hmm. Just to give you one challenge here, or to mention one challenge here, uh, which we actually faced, um, is the um, geocodes, right? Um, so geocodes have to be precise, as precise as possible. Um, so um, based on geocodes, actually Greenplan is calculating the tours. And if the geocodes are not very accurate, then obviously what you said, garbage in, garbage out, right? Um, yeah. yeah. So this is this is in, this is individually different from customer to customer. So yes. some mm -hmm. some get their geocodes right, some mm -hmm. not so right. So it's a it's a gradient. It's a it's yeah. a scale, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. But um, there are more and more systems out there um, who are actually focusing on this problem, right? Um, yeah, mm -hmm. just to name a few, on the one hand, you have Google Maps, right, uh, where you can actually um, kind of like do all your geocoding, um, then the what three words, for example, and so many others who are actually um, kind of like focusing on this problem. Yeah. yeah, can we deep dive a little bit more into the algorithm? What actually goes into it? What data points does it collect and how does it calculate routes based on it? And then what's the what's the actual output? Mm -hmm. Give us a little, little more insight into the actual yeah. algorithm. No, what I mentioned before, like number one is the master data that um, mm -hmm. has to be, um, yeah, has to be um, like there um, for the algorithm to be able to work, uh, which is the um, fleet, right, um, with the yep. vehicle size and everything. And um, we need the depots and the drivers with their working times. So this is kind of like the fixed data, right, which is there mm -hmm. every day. And then you have the um, transactional data, which comes in on a daily basis uh, with all the shipments. And uh, if Greenplan has these kind of data, then, um, then Greenplan um, calculates the optimal routes. How does it calculate the optimal routes? Um, so um, data comes in and then usually our algorithm um, for a, let's say, um, 50 tour um, depot or hub takes like 30 to 40 minutes um, to really calculate the optimal tools. And then actually um, as um, output gives out the tours, the stop sequence uh, with the different handling times, with the driving times, uh, with the considered priority deliveries, um, etc. So all these kind of data actually goes then into customer systems. Yeah, and and then as the route unfolds, the and, and things happen as always. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Traffic gen shows up, you know, a, mm -hmm. a, a weather weather patterns, yeah. etc. It automatically recalculates the route, so there's it's a real time recalculation of the routes as things happen. Does it take real time information into consideration? Yeah, good question. Um, so we started. Let me um, just. Give me a few minutes to kind of like explain where we are coming from. Um, yes, so, please. and then I come to the real, real time thing. Um, so, our first cases actually came from the postal area, right? And uh, mm -hmm. usually, um, kind of like um, shipments come in to a hub in the morning, um, then tours get calculated, then the sorting takes place, and then the tours go out, right? The vehicles go out and deliver all the other parcels, which means that the tour calculation has to be done like at, uh, you know, 3, 4, 5 a.m. in the morning um, for actually the next day, right? And um, mm -hmm. this is actually our focus. So we are... Um, calculating the tours during the night um, and then um, giving as a res result um, the tours um, to the 
postal operators, freight companies, etc., who will then drive the tours during the day, right? Mm -hmm. And here we consider um, historical spree profiles um, from TomTom in these five-minute intervals. Um, we know how the traffic will look like on a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, at a certain point of time um, at a certain street. Um, so you have an average um, velocity or flow velocity there. And this is considered in our system. During the day then, uh, when the driver is actually out on the road and driving, um, usually we have seen that they are typically using then Google Maps or other systems, uh, which considers then accidents or a ad hoc traffic jam or whatever, and then kind of like adjust this. However, um, we are currently developing also a feature where we actually can include these ad hoc events uh, in the green plan tour plan as well. So that green plan will then recalculate the optimal sequence um, after, for example, an ad hoc ad event or whatever might have happened during the during the course of the tour. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that means that in the meantime, for now, there is no dynamic uh, recalculation or change of mm. the route as it unfolds. Okay. So mm. now it's it's once it's calculated, once it's delivered to the Correct. Correct. to the driver, he goes out there, and if, if things happen, they happen, and he continues to he or she <laughs> continues yeah. on the yeah. on the route as it is. Yes. Okay. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. What do you what do you say to people when when they say, well, things always change. I mean, stuff always happens. Every mm. single day, there's a traffic jam, and I have to switch routes and I have to change plans. And mm. now I'm stuck with this plan that assumes that everything is going is going according to plan. Mm. How do you how do you deal with those um, criticisms? Yeah. Or arguments. Um, these are some of the questions that we are actually getting. And um, so, because we are having this very precise predictive data of TomTom, usually like the traffic jams and everything is already covered, right, within our um, tour plan. Um, so for example, then the green plan knows, uh, yeah, around Cologne, you have a lot of traffic jam in the morning during rush hour, okay, we are avoiding this this highway or that highway um, because this, there's too much traffic there, right? So green mm -hmm. plan knows this already. Um, during the day, um, if there is an accident, for example, um, or whatever, um, the drivers usually know what to do, right? Um, they kind of like take then Google Maps, um, where's the fastest route, or take another navigation system and then actually go to the next stop. So this is not very, very, very critical from what, from what we have seen. Okay, but there are other systems out there that completely, I mean, for example, mm. other parcel providers, they have their own internal systems that they've developed over time. And it's actually exactly that, where it's a it's a calculated route when the route starts, but mm. then it gets dynamically updated as things unfold. Mm. And you don't leave stuff up to the individual driver to make decisions. But here, I understand there's still a, an element of, of human yeah. decision-making on part of the driver correct, correct. To, yeah. um, to actually adjust the route as necessary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and but then the next step you, you you alluded to it. There will be a next evolution of it where you also take evolving situations into account. How will right. that how will yeah. that unfold? So um, yeah, so that we are more really like focusing and can react to um, real time events, right? Um, mm -hmm. And just to to name a few. So um, sometimes when you're out on the road and have a lot of deliveries, um, sometimes pickup events come in. Right. Um, so these pickup events um, or returns um, have to kind of like 
um, considered within the route planning. And um, this is what we already from an algorithm perspective developed, um, but are currently rolling out in our standardized industrialized product. Um, so, mm -hmm. so this is one, one thing that we are doing here, for example. Yeah, and we've we've talked a lot about the algorithm, but what is what is it actually? It's a it's a piece of software, and yes. it runs in the cloud, and it's yes. software as a service. Yes. And how does it show up in my my systems? I mean, is it a standalone software application that I open up to do my planning, or is it something that shows up inside my TMS? Or how mm -hmm. how do how does it work in 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 actual practice? Yeah, it depends on the customer needs. So number one, uh, we can integrate into the TMSs right um, out there. Um, so we are just a routing engine, and then um, the the user can or is comfortable uh, with with the TMS user interface. So everything is fine. On the other hand, we also offer Green Plan, including the user interface, right? Uh, so it's web based. Um, then Green Plan shows mm -hmm. all the tools on the gun chart and, and everything. So very user friendly and very nice. Um, so this is what we can also provide. In offer to our customers. Yeah, and then does it get played into the individual systems that the drivers see? I mean, there's some sort of mm -hmm. mobile element to it, yeah. the stuff, the, the, the interface that drivers use inside the vehicles. Yeah. How does that work? So usually um, drivers have their handheld devices, right? Uh, sometimes with navigation mm -hmm. or whatever. And as Greenplan actually, as one of the major outputs of Greenplan is the stop order with the different timings and so on. Um, this can then be imported or transferred um, to the driver's handheld so that he actually can mm -hmm. see, okay, stop A is next, stop B follows then, stop C um, is, is, the, is the further one. So there's two elements. There's this element that the driver sees and there's mm -hmm. this element of the, dashboards, for example. For the dis like, dispatcher, yeah, in the end. For the yeah. dispatcher. Mm -hmm. And as you keep using the system day after day after day, it accumulates data. Like yes. What possibilities do I have to analyze how good I've done my routing, for example? What sort of elements of analysis do you have? Mm -hmm. So you mean kind of like the statistics and KPIs, right? And uh, that come out. Yeah. So the, I've been using yeah. the system for yeah. for a year, and I yeah. want to pull up charts where it yeah. shows yeah. me how how well my predictions have mm -hmm. been and how accurate um, and where where I've saved. You know, kilometers, costs, yeah, you you name it. Yeah. And, and these are essentially uh, actually the, the the things that customers are looking for. Number one, they want to see um, right reduced kilometers, so um, yeah. really compare it to um, like what they previously had, or also a um, as is and, and to be comparison, right? Um, so usually, um, if drivers go out there, then they have scan events, right? Um, so you can really like compare the scan events with what Greenplan calculates with what mm -hmm. was there previously. So you have like um, three steps here. This can be compared. Uh, number two is uh, what's getting more and more important, um, CO2 emissions and sustainability, right? Yeah. Because of reduced kilometers, reduced vehicles used, ultimately you are reducing the CO2 emissions as well. And right? this is what we what we can show um, here as well on our standardized uh, dashboards. Yeah. Yeah, and what additional data do you need to accomplish that? I mean, if you only know what what vehicles and where the distribution centers are, where the drivers are, what the capacity constraints are, and so forth, but you need an additional element of CO two emissions per vehicle, per mm, correct, what have you? Yeah, yeah. How, how does that come into play? Where does that where does that get sourced from? Uh, so usually they're kind of like standard values, right, per vehicle type okay. uh, and whatever, and then you can. Not very easily, but very straightforward, like do the calculation and do the math in the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. What we're currently discussing is also um, 
electric vehicle reach, right? Uh, which we are also mm -hmm. considering in our planning. Um, here, there is a bit more of elements, right? And because it's not just the reach, but you have also to consider the the weather influence, the topography, right? Uh, if there's a lot of hills, yeah. uh, <laughs> then obviously the electric vehicle reach will go down. Um, and and these things uh, we are currently also kind of like developing and considering. And what's the what's the business model? I mean, do I pay by user by mm -hmm. kilometer? What's the what's the model? So it's software as a service, so I can yeah. I can try it out. It's you know it's it's low risk, it's low barrier of entry. I hope once you've done yeah. all your data right. Yeah, yeah. correct. <laughs> um, talk to me about the business model. How do I how do I pay for this? Um, so we are a license based, or we have a license based um, business model, and it's fully value based. Um, so you have or you're paying per calculated tour, and um, the so mm -hmm. if you have like I don't know 100 tours a day, um, then you pay a certain euro amount for each of these 100 tours, and the euro amount uh, depends actually on the volume of the customers, right? Um, if you have a very small customer, then obviously it's a bit higher. It's around four to five euros um, per calculated tour. If you have very high volume and a lot of tours, then it can go down to one euro per um, per tour per customer. Okay, okay. Well, I appreciate you naming actual numbers. For yeah, that, of so. course. I mean, it's good. To yeah. be transparent yeah. here, right? Why not? Yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. And how do you, if, if someone's uh, in the audience interested in, mm -hmm. in, in trying it out, what's your What's your typical method of onboarding people, giving it a try? What's the mm. what's the preferred method to, to see if it's a good fit there? Yeah, so usually we are doing this kind of trial or benchmark calculation um, where a customer would send over a data of a typical week, of a typical depot or hub, um, and then we actually feed it into our system, see if all the data is right, format is right, and if we considered all the requirements correctly um, and uh, Green plan will then calculate. We actually present the results um, to the customer. And um, if he or she is then convinced, then uh, obviously we would go into kind of like a first uh, project phase where we um, would sit together with the customer, capture all the um, business rules, processes, data, put everything right in place, and then go into a proof of concept, usually a few tours, a few days uh, in one of the depots to see if everything is right, adjust, tweak our system, make it IT ready with all the connections, and then roll it out. And that's kind of like the straightforward and very easy process here. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier that your customer base or the types of customers and industries are quite there's a wide range. Yes. But what are the typical sort of the core customers that you're really going after that really should be taking a look at your your system? Definitely um, Parcel Express and e-commerce um, because mm -hmm. we can very good consider all their requirements and have a very powerful algorithm. Then freight, uh, mainly LTL or PTL um, because there's much more optimization potential here than full truck load. And uh, what I mentioned before, um, field services. If there are companies out there that have a lot of, let's say, technicians or field sales or whatever. Um, so this is what we can plan perfectly. Just to give you one customer example here, maybe. Um, so we, yeah, of, of course. Yeah, sure. So we are planning um, for a German facility company. They have 400 technicians out in the field looking after assets, right, to maintain these assets. And uh, before Green Plan, they were able to do three jobs per day per technician. With Green Plan, it's going up to six or sometimes even seven jobs per day per technician. 
based on better tour planning and based on consideration of all the um, uh, flow velocities and everything. And this is significant increase. Yeah, it is. Yeah. What's the what's the comparison there? Before they didn't do any type of planning, so this was coming from from nothing to to green plan, or does it come no, from no. an existing system to green plan? Where we had an existing system, very data. good dispatchers in place already, um, who are yeah. actually planning this. Um, but thanks to really like the power of this algorithm, and I said it, I think in the beginning, it's more than uh, 50 years of mathematical uh, expertise and knowledge, uh, which went really into the development, into the um, research and development of this algorithm um, that makes the algorithm so strong. Yeah. Yeah, and is the ambition to replace human beings, so dispatchers? I mean, that's probably one of the questions that always shows up because there's going to be dispatchers in the room when there's a decision being made of what systems to use in the future. Has that mm. been an issue? I mean, are you replacing people or is your pitch, well, we're not really replacing them, we're, we're freeing them up to do something more higher level? You know, that's <laughs> that, yeah. that argument that, that, that vendors of that type of system typically yeah. use? No, I mean, it's not about bus wording here. So um, obviously uh -huh. we are taking dispatchers into consideration because green plan, the green plan system has to learn and to be set up the proper way so that it operates the proper way. Right. And for this, mm -hmm. we need these kind of, let's say, digital front runners of dispatchers who would be willing to really support and set green plan up in the right way so that we're considering all the customer specific needs and rules and everything. Um, so this is why we need dispatchers. On the other hand, of course, if you're talking about cost reduction, fully automated systems ultimately would reduce um, the, the, you know, the people required for, for planning um, tours. Yeah, and of course, any smart dispatcher will will see right through it and think, yeah. okay, I'm setting the system up, and the next thing you know, you know, I'm my my job is redundant because the system is doing it better than I have. So, do you see some level of skepticism amongst the the crowd of dispatchers out there who are getting potentially displaced by this stuff? Yeah, well, usually there is some kind of um, change management and. Um communication is always the key right um of how to really um uh, kind of like get the dispatchers involved in such a way that they are supporting um the implementation of the green plan system and this is this is very um very important here right um so if the dispatchers actually say no we do not want the system then obviously we don't have the chance right to replace or to kind of like improve their job so we really have to make sure that we get the dispatchers on board and uh, on the one hand really offer them that they can set up the system with us together that they can maintain it and on the other hand free them up for more strategic initiatives or scenario planning or whatever so these are kind of the the streams here we are following yeah and are you mostly focusing on germany right now or are you also going no. europe wide or even internationally what's your what's your international plan look like Global, yeah. Global, global. <laughs> all right. Global yeah. ambitions. Yeah. I like it. But Definitely. step after, I mean, of course, you know, yeah. you're a small team. You, you know, yeah. you you can't scale from from zero to a hundred in, no, in, no. in no time. I mean, you got to prioritize in some way. So, yeah. how would that look like? No, we, we, we have customers strategy. in Germany at the moment and uh, in Europe, uh, in Northern mm -hmm. Europe, in Southern Europe, and uh, now reaching also out to the UK. Uh, we do mm -hmm. have currently um, pilots or, or first uh, calculations running in Asia. Uh, and in the US. So um, in the long run, um, definitely we want to also set up our offices uh, in US and in Asia to really have like, uh, yeah, kind of like uh, market presence here as well.
in these regions. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, are you actively looking for investors then? Because that's gonna that's gonna be expensive. Yeah. Right. International expansion is a is a tough job for any small startup. It needs to be financed. Yeah. Are you looking at financing right now? Are you? I mean, you're, you're now you're independent. You're outside of DHL. DHL is no longer an yeah. owner. So. No. What's your I, What's your investing? Yeah, I would strategy say. Look like? Money is always good to grow, right? Uh, yeah, so, sure. so <laughs> that's why definitely uh, in the mid, mid short to midterm, uh, we are looking for further in investor funding um, so that we can really scale and tackle the markets and uh, make our customers happy worldwide. Yeah, I mean, so far, the last couple of years, the, the, the climate for investments have, has been good. I mean, yeah, a lot of yeah. projects have been funded and funded in, with amazing amounts of money. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. who knows how long that window is still open? So <laughs> good luck. Yeah, good luck thank on, you. your, thank you. on your financing church. Yeah. Well, Florian, thanks very much for, for joining us today. It was very um, good inside deep dive into that type of situation and problem and thank challenge you so much, that I, we haven't yeah. talked about it yet. And uh, I, I appreciate you tackling all the tough questions sure. <laughs> good stuff thanks a lot thank for you your much. time thank you all right that was the logistics tribe podcast episode with florian murgett from Greenplan. if you enjoyed today's show please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of the future episodes i'm boris felgandrea until next time <laughs>